Hey, everybody, welcome to Frontline Records Rewind. Special guest today, David Sfiro. Hi, David. Hello. Man, it's so good to be here. We have talked about doing a show with you for a long time. and About 40 uh, years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for having me. This yeah, is great. Yeah. It's, and uh, I know that you, you would admit it's nice to be had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, we're finally here. And David, just to make the, you know, to set the record straight, we are good friends. Oh. And everybody knows that, or maybe they yeah. don't know that, but we are good friends. We're like brothers. Mm-hmm. We're that close. And uh, uh, we've we've created a lot of things together, done some great music with Blood Good. And, and after you left Blood Good, then, you know, you were on to this solo career that mm-hmm. has amazing music. Well, it's interesting because people uh, from time to time will still ask me, like, hey, do you ever talk to Mike or Les? Are you guys still friends? I'm like, well, of course we're friends. And we talk all the time. But was that something happened that that was in question, I think, yeah. in some people's minds. And I don't know where that came from. But it didn't come from us. <laughs> no, it didn't. It's not coming from me. No, I, you know, I really think that that's something that the, that the public is used to bands that break up because of rifts within the bands. And then they don't that's talk. True. And they've got all these... Horror stories about wow, these guys haven't spoken for twenty years to each other, and uh, it wasn't the case with us. No, not um, at all. <clears throat> and I'm I'm glad. Yeah. But you know that's a good thing because uh, you know it, 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 we you know we're Christians and uh, the unity of the brothers is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We actually love each other. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And they'll know us by our love for one another. So. No, that's right. I still think you're pretty cool. I wish I could say the same. No, I'm just kidding. I'll work on it. I'll work on it, bro. So anyway, solo career. Um, You know, I have a question because I don't really know. But when you left the band, um, and I'm not good at dates and times, and maybe you're not either. I don't know. I'm not. uh, How soon did you have a record, uh, your first record deal? Oh, wow. I mean, you know, your first release. You know, I was 30. So I think it was like about a year later after leaving okay. Bloodgood. Yeah. And um, and it's interesting because I was working on music when we were on the Detonation Tour. Mm-hmm. And I felt like at one point, I felt like the Lord really shut it down. And says, hey, you're here on Detonation. And this is where I want your mind, your heart right now. Not saying you can't write songs, but he said, like, you know. And I remember just kind of shutting that back and just throwing it aside and... Um, and then, of course, you know, events happened after that about a year later. But so you actually some of the tunes, yeah, from the first album, yeah, like the song "The Other Side." I wrote that um, on the Detonation tour in your RV. <laughs> really? Uh huh. Wrote the lyrics really? in the RV. So huh? I do have a part in the song. You know, <laughs> when I listened to, to this song, um, each time I got really emotional, and uh, it, you know. It's just, it's a moving song. It, it, you manage to reach into the spiritual realm somehow. Uh, I think it's anointed, and, mm. and oh, I got chills <clears throat> listening to it. I love it. How do you do that, David? Uh, now, that's a fair question. I don't know if I can answer that. I don't know that I always can do that. Um, you know what it is? It's like when you and I wrote, and I don't mean to go off subject, but when, when you wrote, I mean, I had this music for Messiah, and then you came up with this whole thing for it. Lyrics, the melody, and all this stuff. And I don't think either of us knew how powerful that song was when we wrote it. Mm. And I, just, I didn't even really understand how powerful that song was until years later. Hearing it again, mm. going, that was the most anointed song. It could be played in a church. Wow. You know, people could sing that everywhere in worship. Yeah. Uh, before worship was popular on the radio or whatever. That song, uh, The Other Side, may have come to you in a way that it just flowed through you as if it was a gift. Yeah. And uh, it just, it was, I was really hungry to try and create things. and exp- One thing that was difficult during that time for me, I think, was, you know, Bloodgood, as creative and as powerful as it was, you know, I, you're not going to get away with playing certain progressions and rhythms and stuff like that. So that was an outlet for me. And it just kind of fell in my lap. The more I kept working on it, it kept just, you know, falling in my lap. It was kind of a mess. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how that kind of unfolded. And, and it was a great outlet for me, that record as a whole. Just to yeah. be able to write a different style of yeah. music. 
Well, I think that you're gifted on a lot of levels musically, and I know that some of the metalheads, you know, uh, you know, they love their metal, and that, and I, and that's and that's good. But we as artists, I know I was never a metalhead before Bloodgood. Right. I didn't do any metal at all, and and I don't know that you did either. No, I didn't. I didn't so know. we just it really was this thing that we felt that God had uh, put this band together, and and we were like, oh, we got to be metal. Right. And so we did our best best deal, and it came out as blood good, which is that's yeah. fired up. And you know, but you and I are both into. I mean, we were into Pop. Jimi Hendrix. No, yes, but back in the day, true. we have a yeah. lot of classic background in that regard. And and for me, I was into you know speed, you know soloing Al Demiola and junk like that yeah. back in the day. So it was an easy fit, and it was. A, I mean, it was a really good fit for you because your voice is so broad. Yeah, you know, it was well, this broad voice and had a lot of power. So widescreen, yeah, four <laughs> K widescreen, <laughs> oh, widescreen, oh. yeah, widescreen TV. Wow. Okay, I do want to say that this song here, the other side, is amazing, and here it is. The sky, the sky, the sky, the sky. 
the other side is 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 off that that album. How did how did you um, you know you you wrote some things to it and then and then when you had the record deal with Frontline, um, you know who who produced the album? Did okay. you co-write with people on the album? Um, I'll have to think about that. I I wrote most of it myself. I'm pretty sure. But um, we could but, come back next week. Maybe do another show. Give you yeah. more time to think about it. <laughs> do some research. Yeah, I may have to research. <laughs> but um, you know, here's the thing. I uh, I went into Charles Mesrel's studio, 3D um, Audio. I think is what he called it. Yeah, back is in, that in up Bellevue, in Seattle or in Bellevue. Seattle? Yeah, yeah. Bellevue, uh, Washington. And um, I did this song that I'd written that I you know thought might be a good fit for the for a project that I you know I didn't have any. No one had offered me a solo record or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to just create and this sort of thing. So I did the song called I See Red. And um, finished it up. And then I um, also did another song called Spirit of the Lord. I think I did those two, if I'm not mistaken. And what happened was I gave it to um, the director of a um, Mike Mike McLean. Yeah. And so he got the song. He knew it was, he, but but Brian Tong didn't. So he goes into Brian's office. Says, "Hey, I see red." He goes, "Hey, uh, listen to this." And Brian's listening. He goes, "Wow, this is really cool." He goes, "Guess who it is?" And he goes, "I have no idea." And he goes, "It's Zafiro." He goes, "What? That's Zafiro?" Wow. You know, so that was fun. And that song almost killed me singing it. <laughs> My voice. I <laughs> couldn't talk here. for a month it, after. Oh. Yeah, it didn't kill you. You're here today, live. Yeah. Well, not live. We're in the cloud now. Yeah, and then and yeah. then after that ran its course. I mean, I had, I had left Bloodgood and that sort of thing, and, and um, obviously a while after that. But um, I remember Jimmy Kempner called me up and and said, "Well, look, David, you know, um, I think you know maybe we should we should do a record." And I said, "That would be great. Yeah, that would be nice." But you know, and I didn't get it. And he goes, "No, no." And he goes, "I mean, you know, I'm offering you a record deal." You know, and I said, "You are?" And I said, oh, "Okay." So I was all happy and you know did wow. that sort of thing. And uh, awesome. that was Jimmy. They called to do that, and he said that you have a real big supporter with you know Mike McLean. And Mike was really his his uh, yeah. brainchild and that sort of thing. I had no idea that it was really going to happen per se either. Um, I mean, I think at one point I started to think, okay, this could happen, but there was yeah. nothing I was potentially pursuing at the time. Here it is. I see red. I see red.
you know, uh, Adele, I only think that it's right that we tell everybody how to get a hold of all of the frontline catalog. And that includes everybody, right? I mean, everybody. You are so right. All right, let's uh, give them the info. Well, frontlinerecords.us has Mm -hmm. all of it there and links to actually download the music on iTunes and Amazon. And then Spotify is a great resource. It's got all of our music on there and people can listen to that for free. Wow. And there is quite a diverse group of artists on Frontline. So go ahead and get that today. So does mirroring help uh, when you see red, or is that for bloodshot eyes? Or whatever? Obviously, that's a little plug. We get paid for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Cutting made a joke about it. He was in, you know, the guitarist for Holy Soldier. Uh-huh. Um, there's a part where it says, it says there's a portion a portion here, like a portion of something. Mm-hmm. He always says, I always thought that was like a, a Porsche. Like you lift up a garage door. There's a portion here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was really that guy hilarious. must be. You know, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's a hilarious rocker from Holy Soldier. <laughs> you produce those guys, right? Yep, yep. First and second record. Third now, record. where was that when you were, you know, in the midst of these solo projects? Were you also... I had just finished the solo record. And the first, um, the first one, uh, uh, the other side. And... Um, Mark Maxwell, uh, A.N.R. Murr, he um, had was wanted to sign this band called Holy Soldier, and he was looking for a producer. And I had just produced a band called Zion, and okay. one of their songs went to Twelve New Faces, which was Word Murr's release. Okay. And um, so he thought, hey, this is I like this this song. I like this producer. Maybe you know I want to talk to him. So it kind of ended up being between me and another guy, which was Michael Sweet. Oh. And. Uh, Michael Sweet, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, I got the gig. Yeah, cool. All right, so then you did your first album, and now, now you're producing Holy Soldier, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're you know you're going to finish that, and that did well, didn't it? Win some awards. Yeah, it won two and, Dove Awards. And, and you, did you get a Dove Award as a producer or what? Yeah, what? I got two for that record. <sighs> yep. Wow. So you got them in stereo. Left yeah, and right. That's right. Devil that's right. Awesome. Yeah, and I think that thing sold. I mean, I remember talking to an A and R guy in, in Tennessee, John Mays, and um, and he worked for Word at the same at the same time Mark Maxwell did because that record sold. The first one sold like one hundred twenty thousand. Wow. And he's like, he said, "No way. I think no way it did that." And I talked to Mark later. He goes, and I said, "John doesn't think it did." And he goes, "He's wrong. It totally did." <laughs> so I was like, "Awesome." They were kind of rivals. Yeah, a little bit and friends. So then you you have your signed to Frontline and your <clears throat> did you sign a one album deal or a two album deal or I think it was I think it was a one of three options I think that's what the, what the one deal one with was. three options one with three options yeah. my guess and, and those uh, options boy they get you don't they yeah well that's the thing because I, I remember as a young young guy and not really knowing a whole lot about the whole industry I'm like. Um, by the way, Mike, whose option is it? Is it mine or yours? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Dave. That, that it's would be always our, our option, Dave. <laughs> right. oh, okay. He's lying to you. <laughs> oh, well, that's one of the songs. Right. Now, there is a song called He's Lying to You mm-hmm. on, on the uh, Scarlet Storm album, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you were telling me before we got on air here right. that somehow I, I inspired that? You did. I mean, I mean the song's not, you know, no, completely about... Think. No, no, you totally... Well, hold on. Um, basically, I went to a blood good practice. We're at the uh, Lincoln High School. We had this huge stage that we got to practice on. Yeah. Uh, auditorium type thing. It was really uh-huh. nice. And I came in, and I was kind of paranoid and bummed out. I'm probably making myself sound like a basket case. <laughs> anyway, and I was like, um, kind of like put out, like these guys are against me or something was going on. And you look over at me at one point, and you said... So who's lying to you? Are you buying that lie? Someone's lying to you, David. And you're talking about the devil. I was. <laughs> and uh, you were liar. spot on. So I thought, oh, that'd be a, that would be a good, good, good hook for a song. And right. I just had fun and just wrote out the lyric. But Eric Beaver is singing that song, not me. That's his vocal. Now, Eric Beaver. He, he's he actually... Rock he, theater thing? He, well, he, what, he went on to sing as Eric Wayne in Holy Soldier on Promise Man. He's the lead vocalist on Promise Man. But he has a great voice. He does. He's got to can sing. And so, here it is. He's lying to you. 
Well, you know, sometimes we're so close to things that we do that uh, that you really don't really get to hear them or see them until years later when you've totally forgotten all the stuff you went through to get there and get it done, and then you just get the opportunity to listen or to see, and then you go, oh, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... Because this is great stuff. I mean, that's... Mm. But we're just talking about what artists go through. Right, exactly. Yeah, we're all... You'd think we're temperamental and, you know... What is it with the artists? They're also, they're not sensitive, are they? No. Or insecure? No, or fragile. No. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't be artists. Oh, well, (laughs) if we weren't, we could be something else, you know, like, I don't want to pick a profession because, like, a plumber doesn't have to be too emotional. I'm trying to think. You're pretty fast on your feet. I think I'll just listen on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just, well, that's going to go down the drain. (laughs) Uh, Spiral. (laughs) I took the plunge. He's really good at this, too. The puns, him and... Stop! It's just like, you know... It's very entertaining, though, don't you think? (laughs) I'm going to surrender. This is Surrender Absolute. Surrender Absolute was your third album, David. Hmm. And, um, you know, where's the title come from? I think I know, but I want to hear it from you. Well, there's a song that I was working on, and it was piano-based at first. I think it still ended up being that way. I can't It's been a long time since I heard that song. And, you know, it was just a hook. Instead of saying, you know, uh, absolute surrender, I just kind of spun it around. Surrender is absolute, or it has to be that, or whatever, this kind of... Reckless abandon and you know giving everything to Christ and which is you know 
a daily process. You think about, um, you know, where it says, you know, he who is the son of man is set free. He's set free indeed, you know. Yeah. And you think about that and you think, well, okay, so why do I still struggle with this sin or that sin? You know, well, we all sin, stumble. But that place of carrying your cross every day, well, then that's that place of being solid. That's that place of being secure. That's that place of having victory over multiple things. But it's not like this one-time thing, and then you're cruising for the rest of your life. But anyway, I think Surrender Absolute was that kind of a premise for me. Um, And uh, I got to do that record with Randall Waller, who, if any of you guys know him out there, he ended up moving on to uh, being the guitarist for Shania Twain on her tours. Great player. Matter of fact, he was such a great player, it started to get intimidating. And I'm like, I mean, because he was playing some stuff. I'm like, dude, you're gonna have to back off. I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> you know, I have to lay some tracks down. Or yeah, like I want to feel dude. good. And he's the nicest, most solid person you'll ever meet. Just a great guy, and he's got a great voice. But he was doing, um, we were li- okay. JT and I had a place together in um, Tukwila. Right, not that. Uh, not Tukwila. And Kirkland area, Washington. And Susan and I were living there. My wife. JT and, and had a couple of roommates and he came to visit because they were doing a show. He had this band. He's from Australia originally. And he had this song Lady of the Night and it had this, you know, had some airplay and some push and stuff like that. And he originally was in a Christian band back then. Mm. And I hadn't talked to him for years. And I think it was uh, Matt Duffy who took over his A&R for me on that record. And he says, what do you think about you and like a bourgeois tag or, you know, that, that kind of thing. What do you think about like having a, a partner on this record? I said, who are you thinking? He goes, a guy by the name of Randall Waller. Have you ever heard of him? I go, I know Randall. He's great. Uh-huh. So he stepped in and, and we did the, that record together. Wow. I got to tell you, this, that, <clears throat> there's a couple instrumentals on that record. And uh, uh, Attitude, I... Um, I remember I bought myself a little BMW sports car and I would put that thing in and put the top down and drive all over town and listening to that thinking, wow, this is my buddy and this is great stuff. I mean, that that's just such a catchy tune. It's got so much attitude. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that song, actually. That's one of yeah. the few songs I go, wow, I really like how that turned out. Again, I don't like the drums, but other than that, it's just, it was, you know, it came together and it, I got lucky on that one. <laughs> yeah, so pay no attention to the writer when you listen to this. <laughs> and the drums. I mean, what the heck? Just let them do what they do. This is David Safiro with plenty of attitude. <laughs>
Yeah, I got to tell you, David, when I was, I actually played that song before I came over here today, and my daughter was there, my 25-year-old daughter, Faith, mm-hmm. and um, it was playing, and she goes, I know that song. That's one of my favorite songs. She, I used to listen to that all the time, you know, when she was younger, and it was like, wow, cool. I said, that's my favorite song, too, so, yeah, love it. Thanks, yeah. The other one is Silas and Saray. We were talking yes. about that. And, yeah. um, another another I, wonderful top-down drive it. Yeah, know, I really Southern Cal. really loved that song when I was doing it and and, and it's, you know, it, Silas and Saray are my my two children, you know, my son Silas, yes. my daughter Saray, so I named it that. So the first part of the song when it comes into it, the the dark and the strong part mo- motif, this movement is Silas. And then when it changes to the the second half of the song, if you will, um, it turns very major and very up, and that's Saray. Yeah. And then it finishes back with Silas, as far as the com- composition goes. And those little ones were on the road with Bloodgood. Yep. You know? And uh, I think the, the, uh, the uh, nights would go by where little Silas would be sleeping in an anvil case or something as we're breaking gear down. And- Cyboy? Cyboy. Cyboy. Oh, Cyboy. Cyboy. And, you know, I, I, just, I, I just love your children. And they were s- such sweet little beautiful children. Little blonde-haired, blue-eyed children. I don't know. What happened? No, oh, kidding. they're still beautiful. Come on. <laughs> they are. Yeah, Dad. That's what my sister said to me one time. <laughs> she goes, I was, just, I was just looking at this She's picture, the... my older sister, and she goes, she goes, you were so cute as a little guy. And then she looks up at me after the pitch. She goes, what happened? Oh, my Lord. I think we're all subject to that. Yeah. Oh, big sister. You know, I was the youngest of nine. I know. You always got to get the razz going. But No, your children are beautiful. And, uh, you know, to, to have a father that plays that kind of music and then, you know, is, is inspired by his children and, and come up with a beautiful song like Silas and Saray. Hmm. Here it is.
David, you, uh, you're the one that said Carousel is one of the ones you'd like to do, right, on the show. So how did that song come about? What's it about? I mean, obviously, I don't want to go around here, around and around. Yeah. But I uh, just want to get to the bottom line and see how it happened. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, very intentional. Uh, the song's written for, it's really about my sister, um, my sister Susan. And the one that said what happened. <laughs> to, you know, what happened to you? you used to be Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, about your face and all that. Yeah, man. Compared to when you were young and beautiful. And it's like this thing, it goes, I know this lady. I know this lady. She lives alone but never home. A little crazy. She falls asleep at night by the phone. Don't wake her. She's dreamed this a thousand times before. She's with them once more. And the chorus is, cool. and everyone, no one can understand the chorus. They say, what are you even singing? Because I didn't enunciate it very good, I guess. Or, but it's a carousel around. She's on a carousel around, a carousel around, another up, another down. Oh, you know, wow. and it's just, uh, and it's, her life was just, she was having a hard time. She had just went through a divorce and she was, she was not happy. Yeah. And the song sounds happy. It's such a, you know, bit of a yeah. contrast in that regard. So, um, well, but it's kind of Beatlesque. I've yeah, always liked it. It, it uh, yeah, I, I noticed some Beatle influence in some of the melodies and stuff. But you really are, um, you're very. Uh, when you do some of the some of these melodies are very delicate and sweet and and thoughtful. And me being a singer, a rock singer, or whatever, I, I go, gosh, I I I would like to do. You know, I would like David to produce me. On something, mm. because of his take on melody and and the way he approaches things. So, but I think that the positiveness or the upness in this song is because of the love you have for your sister. Mm-hmm. Very much, yeah. Even though you know the the lyric side of it, she's she was going through some changes. Yeah, yeah. So here it is, Carousel.
you know, you're on your fourth album now with Frontline. How are you feeling at this time in your life? Well, we just we had just moved from Seattle, Washington to um, Nashville, Tennessee, and we did that record. I did that record in my basement, and um, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. In Nashville. So you moved from Seattle, <clears throat> go to Nashville, and now you're. Yeah. You, know, you, you got another album to do. Right. And uh, and where were you at mentally on this? Well, you know, that's, that a, that's a really good question. I, I think um, there, was a, uh, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I'm moving to Tennessee, and I get to do a record. So that was good. It's like I got something to do, creative outlet. Because I was a really, really small fish in a big pond as far as a producer and this sort of thing. I mean, at my church, you know, we were going to Michael O'Mardian's Moving Chairs. You wow. know, at the end of the church, I'm just thinking, boy, okay, wow. You know, I'm just, it's just a whole different thing. You know, Amy Grant is sharing my wife's Bible because she didn't bring one. And she goes, can I look over? You know, they're sharing a Bible. And it's just oh, the whole different, it's just everything was so different in Tennessee. Wow. And a lot of competition and, you know, whatever. But so in that regard, I was really happy. But at the same time, the budgets kept getting smaller and smaller. And I wasn't happy about having to do it for so little money. I felt like it was lacking because of that. And this is your fourth one. Yeah, fourth record. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the budget's getting smaller because people aren't, were, it wasn't selling as much, you know, uh-huh. that sort of thing, unfortunately. so Which it, doesn't always have to do with the artist right. as much as, as the changes within the industry. Uh, you bet. You know, some band comes along and you were hot last year, but now they've got this other new direction and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you're sitting over there like, uh, yeah, but it doesn't change who you are and your talent and, and what you put down on that disc, you know, or yeah. that tape. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, um, like, in light of that, um, Chris Kent was the bass player on a song called Bottle Top, and um, he also played with uh, Larry Carlton. I mean, he's wow. a great player. Yeah. You, know, you don't get a whole lot better than Chris, and he was a session player, so he would do sessions, like if I was producing something, a lot of times I'd use Chris. And, um, but to have that resource... Mm-hmm. Was I mean that, that resource doesn't reside in Seattle, not to the degree that like in Nashville. No, it's just a whole different thing. So when you went to Nashville, it, it you feel that it upped your game, right? I think it did. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. And and that's I mean that's a good point. Whenever you want to be good at anything in life, go to where the source is. You know, there you go. And and I think it's uh, gutsy for you and Susan to move to Nashville, and that's just the kind of guy you are. You always meet a challenge. And you always want to compete in a way that's, you know, top notch. Mm. And, and I love that about you. Mm. Thank you. Now tell me about this song, Bottle Top. Well, um, it's an instrumental. It's kind of country sounding. But there's some twists in it. So it's not like a, a country player would say, that's not country. And he'd be right. Okay, so we've <laughs> clarified that. <laughs> but it's just, it's kind of a rocking, ZZ Top-ish kind of blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. Um, I just had this idea. I had this bottle top. Yeah. It was on this desk, and I was spinning it and listening to it, and it would spin, and then it would just slow down and go and stop. I'm like, that's kind of cool sounding. What if I sample that? So I did. And then I just looped it, and it just kept going and spinning. But at the end of the song, the bottle top comes to a stop. And, <laughs> that's how Yeah, and so it's just a kind of creative expression, liberty. You know, Dave, I think that's borderline genius. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. And that, that is country. That's that country. idea is country. Good old boy. That's more country than most country. Well, we can put it on. That's jazz country. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Bottle top.
So Adele, then I want to remind everybody out there that all of David's um, solo albums is available on Spotify, right? That's all yes. four of the albums. Yes. Man, that's mm-hmm. a lot of great music. It is. It was a great show with David. Yeah. Isn't he the best? He is. And you know, there's also available on FrontlineRecords.us. People can check out David's music there and there's links to download it on iTunes and Amazon. Okay. So, Dave, it's been great fun, man. It's been great. I got to say, I wonder if anyone can tell that we're sweating our brains out. Really? We had to turn off the AC. It was too noisy. It was too noisy. Oh, what there the it is. Yeah. We need to get an AC. Someone needs to make an AC that, uh, that's just that's silent. silent. Frontline Records Rewind.